Welcome to Two Guys in a Bible. This is a weekly conversation on theology, culture, and God's word. My name is Dylan Keniston, and I am joined by Sir Eric Leupold. I've knighted you again, again. for this episode. It's Baron. It's Baron, Baron von Baron Leupold. Von Leupold. <laughs> That's right. Joined by <laughs> Eric Leupold, as always, uh, the venerable. And here I am. All we are also joined by a special guest this morning. Joe, and we were just talking before the show about how to pronounce your name. It's Harkle Road, right? Harkle Road, yep. Harkle Road. Not Harkle Road, Harkle Road. Now, why, do people, right. why, why yeah. do people get that mixed up? Because I got it mixed up it's the first good, time I saw it. I don't know. I think it's just the way you read it. It looks like the Harkle Road. Yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. yeah, yeah. But no, I love it. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so so we're here to, ha- we're, we're talking today about a topic that can be uh, sensitive for a lot of folks. I know uh, so almost everyone that I, that I've spoken with or that I've come across in my life has grappled with this at some level or in some measure at some point in their life. Mm. And that's the topic of depression. Um, it's super common, right? All the way from, you know, high school angst, middle school angst, all the way up to, you know, even in, in some elderly friends that I've shared who have just like lost loved ones, right? So these are just hard times that, you know, sometimes the Lord brings seasons in our life that are uh, full of, uh, you know, oh, trials, suffering, full pain. Of suffering, pain, mm-hmm. exactly, yeah, that, yeah. you know, bodily issues that can lead to mm-hmm. depression as well, or discouragement sure. certainly makes us yearn for a resurrection body in those kinds of cases, right? Mm-hmm. But but again, like walking through some of those dark valleys, um, so you're here to t- uh, tell us a little bit about just if you could open up just with your background and kind mm-hmm. of what this you know, has looked like for you. So, you know, who are you? Um, how do you, what's your connection to Hilltown Baptist Church? And then how did you come to faith in Christ? And in particular, how did that faith in Christ kind of interact with, um, you know, your your history in, in working through some issues of depression? Yeah, sure. Um, so I'm Joe, obviously. Uh, been at Hilltown for about four years now. And I uh, I help with the uh, youth Sunday school, and then also the nursery sometimes. Um, I'm also in seminary and working full-time, so I think most of my time goes to that, obviously. Nice, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And what seminary do you go to? Uh, biblical. Oh, well, now it's, I'm sorry, Missio. They changed their name. Oh, did they change their they name? Did. Wait, to what? Uh, Missio? Missio. Interesting. Huh. So, shout it's like out. like a Latin it sounds for mission? Hip or something, Latin or I guess. Greek for mission? I, I'm assuming it's Greek for mission, if I had to guess. Yeah, I Missio. probably should know that. That's yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah, right, we won't make sure they don't hear this. Yeah, exactly. yeah sure. <laughs> shout we'll out to Missio. Yeah. Missio. Yeah, shout yeah, out Missio. to Missio. Yeah, they'll put this on their website. Now, how 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 long have you been a student there? Uh, I let's see, about three years, almost two and a half, three years. Okay. So I have a little bit longer to go. So um, your sweatshirt's outdated. It's it is biblical theology. Yeah, he's wearing. Yeah. You can't yeah. see right now. He's wearing a biblical. Well, it's probably it's probably center. worth more now. Yeah. Right. There you go. So it's vintage. It yeah. is vintage. Put it on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> That's right. Um, but yeah, yeah, I've been coming to Hilltown that long. I uh, I've been a Christian for, let's see, probably about seven years or so. Mm. Um, growing up, I didn't. I don't want to say my, my household wasn't super, it wasn't Christian or religious. Um, I know when I was little, I remember my parents kind of like teaching me how to pray and talking mm-hmm. about Jesus, but I certainly didn't go to church growing up, like maybe maybe for like Easter, or I actually have a really weird memory of, for some reason, like my only memory of church, 
there was like a guy who was dressed up like Abraham Lincoln, like as the speaker. I don't know why. <laughs> that's so that's like my that's my like that's my background on Christianity, basically. Abe Lincoln. Yeah, exactly. Abe, Abe Lincoln. Nice. Um, and then uh, so, but I've always been kind of like spiritual. Like I was never, I was never like an atheist or anything like that. Um, so yeah, lived in like a middle class family. Uh, always kind of struggled with depression. I didn't know it was depression at the time. Like I always just felt like there was this emptiness, like something missing. Um, and so went to high school, you know, out of high school, I see all my friends go off to college and I assume that's what I'm supposed to do. Cause that's what everybody else is doing. So I'm like, all right, I'll try that. I go to Monco, um, met Monco, still depressed, still feeling like there's something missing. Mm-hmm. And so I figure maybe if I join the military, like that will give me a purpose, like that will fill yeah. this void. Yeah. So I enlisted in the Air Force. Uh, was in the Air Force for a few years. Yeah, Air Force. Air yeah. Force. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now I I hated it with a passion. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh. Sorry, guys. Yeah. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> no, why was that? What happened? Oh, the, I think really because I joined for the wrong reasons. Like I was joining, oh, okay. yeah. trying to find my identity, and it didn't, mm. it didn't fill this void. So I was like, what? Now what did I get myself into? Now I'm stuck mm. here. Um. So anyway, I get out of that and. I was stationed in South Carolina, and so I, I continued to live in South Carolina, and uh, I moved to a different city, um, Florence, and I didn't really have too many friends down there, and so the place I was working, um, this one guy started one day, his name was Country, he'd just gotten out of prison, uh, he was locked up 10 years, he was a, a coke dealer, <laughs> hmm. um, and so he was very famous down there, everybody knew his name, Country, and he befriended me, and since I didn't really know anybody, I was like, all right, whatever, this guy seems cool. <laughs> invited me over to his neighborhood and I get there and like everybody it was a unique experience everybody had a gun like it was and it's not like legal guns like they were <laughs> oh wow and like, I, the first day I was there a police helicopter flew overhead and everybody ran inside and I was like where am I like what is going on <laughs> what is going on right now yeah yeah <laughs> and uh it was at that time that I I started to really get into drugs uh marijuana primarily <laughs> um became a huge pothead mm. and uh Stuff got kind of crazy down there. It got a little dangerous. Um, and so I moved back up here, up to Pennsylvania to kind of get away from it. And I continued to to smoke weed like all day because it was the only thing I'd ever found that kind of, like it took away that numb, like that feeling that I had, that bad feeling because it numbed me. Um, hmm. And so I was basically high 24-7. And this is where it gets kind of weird. Um, <laughs> but the house I was staying at, it has a weird... Uh, supernatural background you can say like a lot of like you know in retrospect i can look back i can say like demonic stuff but while i was living there yeah i started to kind of dabble in like fortune telling and Mm. and all and it it was real i mean the stuff was really happening and um got to the point where one night i had a dream um where i knew there was going to be a car accident the next day when i woke up and i you know when i got up i was was like all right that was just weird i guess i smoked too much pot or whatever (laughs) um (laughs) So I went about my day normally. I went to work. I gave my friend a ride to work. I told him about it. And he's like, I wish you told me about that before I got in the car. I was like, dude, I'm sure it was nothing. Uh, mm-hmm. I get home that night and I was like, all right, I guess it was just a dream, no accident. Uh, and then I realized I was out of weed. <laughs> and so I texted my drug dealer. He's like, yeah, sure, come on over. So I'm driving there and I'm like triple checking every intersection, making sure no cars are coming. And uh, right before I get to this guy's apartment, a guy runs a red light and totals my car. <laughs> Wow, and so that was like I remember getting out of the car and everyone's like, "Are you okay?" And I was like, "I don't know what's going. Like, this is getting too crazy." Um, and because I didn't have a car for a month, I couldn't really go buy drugs, and so that ultimately, you know, my depression 
it had always been there, but it, it kind of resurfaced. Uh, and so, like, after a few weeks, I was just really in a low place, uh, contemplating suicide. And um, I had a Bible that my brother gave me a couple of years earlier. He's only been a Christian a little bit longer than I have. Uh, hmm. But I tried. I opened it up and started reading Genesis 1. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what I was reading. I was like, you know, I put it down. And I was like, what is this? And I just, I looked up and I said, God, like, I believed God was Jesus. <laughs> and I said, Jesus, like, if I believe you're there. Like, help me. If you're real, help me. And uh, I didn't really feel any different. Um, I went upstairs and took a shower, though. And I can't really describe it, but right when I got out of the shower, I just felt like like this depression, that I, this emptiness that I'd felt my whole life was just gone. Like, it was filled. I was like, oh, that's what I was supposed to, like, God is what I'm supposed to be living for. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it really, I guess that's my story of when I became a Christian, yeah. Oh wow! Yeah, <laughs> I mean, did, did you did you did you find a church a church after to talk to other Christians? Yeah, so I would say uh, when I when this happened to me, I was like so excited. I called my sister who lives in the area, and there was yeah. there's a church right down the street from her house. She was like, "Oh, let's try going," because she never went to church either. I was like, "Let's try going." So we started going to this church, and uh, that's where I really, I guess, understood the God. I'm sure I've heard the gospel at some point in my life. I just didn't remember, <laughs> but that's when I kind of understood it. So can you talk me through, like, how did the Lord kind of structure these building blocks in your heart? And I'm thinking, I'm thinking like, chronologically, right? So you're sitting there, you're on the couch, you just had your car totaled, you can't go buy drugs. Mm-hmm. So you're you're at wit's end, and now you pick up the Bible, you start reading Genesis 1, yeah. and then you pr- you have a prayer to Jesus. And then it, 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 what's interesting is that you didn't really feel super different after it. Right. And then, but then you're taking a shower, and then it's like, like, I, what what are what's the chronology like of what the Lord is doing in your heart, if that makes sense? Like, because yeah. all of a sudden there's like this excitement. So yeah. was it that sudden? Was that like I stepped out of the shower and I had to call my sister? Like, wh- talk yeah. me through that a little bit. It really, I mean, it really was. Like, I didn't feel anything. I don't remember processing any thoughts. Like, I just remember feeling really down. Yeah. And then I get out of the shower and it was like something clicked in my in my mm-hmm. mind. I believe I received, received the Holy Spirit. Like, yeah. it, I know not everybody has that experience, but it, <laughs> yeah, I really like I felt. The only explanation I can really come up with. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah. And and after that point, you were just in the church, and you wanted to grow in your faith. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you started reading I, scripture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The church I went to uh, became a member, like served like crazy. You know, went through my my first two year honeymoon phase as a Christian. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah. But uh, did the did the depression did it come back? Did you did mm-hmm. it resurface itself? And was but was it different? Yeah. It's a good question. So um, like two questions in one, sorry. Yeah, no, absolutely. So I I think at the time, even after I became a Christian at first, I didn't I didn't realize what I had before I was a Christian was depression. I just thought it was oh I was missing I was missing something and it was God. And once okay. I got it, you know, whatever. In fact I remember I remember like meeting people that were depressed after I became a Christian. I remember just thinking like the cliche like, Oh, that guy must not pray enough, or that guy's not reading his Bible enough. Mm-hmm. Just like horrible things yeah, to think yeah. or say. It's yeah. really, it's, you know, it's sensitive. Um, but then, yeah, I'm not really, I can't think of a moment when it happened, but like I think gradually I just, depression started to creep back, creep back in. And, uh, but as a Christian, um, there is certainly a difference to when, to when, you know, before I was a Christian. Like there's, I would say there's a sense of hope. Like, if, for people that don't have Christ, when I was depressed, I was hopeless. I thought, there's no solution to this. Um, like, I, I thought, I'll be in this forever, and then I'm going to die, and that's it. But as a Christian, 
there's there's a hope and it's not even a hope necessarily that oh i'm gonna get out of this is just a season i'm gonna get out of it honestly it's a hope it's a hope of the afterlife (laughs) the hope of this isn't my this isn't gonna be my eternal body one day i am gonna be resurrected in a new healed body um Hmm. so help me because i i I mean, you know, I think we've all had uh, down days. Sure, sure. You know, whatever you want to call it, days where we just, man, today's not a good day. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. I just don't feel like doing that. But I personally have not experienced genuine depression sure. as others would, would call it. So just help me understand the experience of it. Like, mm-hmm. is it like, do you just wake up one day and you just, you know, the world is is terrible it's mm. yeah, life is terrible life's not worth living is it uh something that triggers it mm. like a like a, some, a bad event that happens and it just ruins the rest of your day sure. like what goes through your mind or your heart mm. and if you want to you can talk about even how it how it is right now or differentiate like this is how it was when i wasn't a believer what was going through my mind and my heart mm. and then this is what's going through my mind and my heart as a christian facing depression yeah sure um, I would say, uh, were you going to well, say yeah, something? Well, yeah, I was just like, I, I just want to build off that. I think oh, I, yeah. that's good, but I... Sorry, Dan. No, no, no. So one of the things that I was hearing in your in your initial story was like, because this is just a compliment what Eric was, mm-hmm. Eric's question, was that initially the depression sounded like it was tied to a sense of kind of meaninglessness and a mm-hmm. search for meaning. Mm-hmm. And now you have this meaning and yet the depression still manifests itself, which is a very common experience for a lot of Christians. Mm-hmm. So I guess like, that's the difference. So like, what is it that's... Cause, what is it that's being manifested after the fact? It seems different somehow qualitatively than what was before. Yeah, yeah. I think to be to be honest, I think it is like it's a very similar feeling. Um, so kind of like what you were saying, Eric. There are, I think everybody experiences sadness. Mm-hmm. Like even people who struggle with depression, you know, if something happens to me at work or something happens in the family, you know, I might be sad, and I think that's like quote unquote normal if that's what you want to call mm-hmm. it. Um, mm-hmm. But then depression, uh, depression is like, it's, it's hard to describe, but it's, it's a feeling like, it's almost like you you feel anxious. Like depression has its own distinct feeling. Um, and the thoughts that kind of come along with depression are worthlessness, like a lot of guilt, um, which is terrible. It's like, it's debilitating as a Christian because God is your everything. Like he's your rock. And so you feel like you can't go to him. Even though logically you understand, like I'm not guilty. Like the feeling is so strong, <laughs> you you feel like I can't go to God. I'm I'm worthless. Like there's no point in being here, which ultimately leads to the you know the, the worst thoughts of like, why am I here? Why don't I just take my own life? Um, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Man, and that's the kind of those are the thoughts. But even before you became a Christian, these are the thoughts that that entered your mind. But you're saying the feeling came first, and the fo- the thoughts kind of came after that it's kind of like the chicken and the egg i don't know which comes first uh, yeah i can tell it with me personally usually if i'm like super anxious like if i have like a panic attack or something i can almost anticipate depression is going to come very shortly after wow like the the two feelings are associated so closely yeah uh and as a christian obviously or before i was a christian it was a little bit different it would just be uh, you know those thoughts and feelings but there was no like it's it's weird because you would feel guilty but I didn't know what guilt was. Like I, oh, <laughs> I didn't yeah. have a concept of guilt. So I think it was more just focusing on the worthlessness. Like, yeah, why am I here? I'm nothing. Yeah, yeah. And that kind of feeling that it crippled you, like prevented you from doing life. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's crippling. Like you. I mean, you wake up and you. 
I like I feel like you don't want to get out of bed. You don't want to do anything. The, I try to be more cognitive of it um, in the sense that like the last time I was going through a really deep depression, I remember my wife asked me to take the trash out, which is something so small. Like, yeah. When I'm not depressed, I'm like, yeah, sure, honey, no problem. But it, like when somebody doing the, like the most the smallest tasks, like it was the equivalent of like if I was in a normal state of mind and somebody said, hey, Joe, can you come? you know, help me move for five hours, like, spontaneously. Like, I would do it, but I'd be like, oh, my goodness, I got to go. Like, I had plans, and, like, it's that feeling. Like, taking out the trash is, like, <laughs> like, takes so much effort. It's like ruining your life or ruining yeah, your day. exactly, yeah. <laughs> it sounds so silly. And so, like, but when you do that, and when you, like, complete little tasks, like, doing it, like, it boosts up your self-esteem, and it's it's really weird. <laughs> wow. Um, but having a family, like, is a blessing for me because – I've never missed work because of it. Like, I have to go to work because I know I need to provide for my family. And so if I didn't have a family, I think I would stay at home. I probably wouldn't have a job. <laughs> I don't know what would, ha- what would happen to me. So Wow. So even as a Christian now, you still have days mm-hmm. of, of depression? Mm-hmm. W- would you say that the, they have become less frequent or less intense? Um, or I'll, both. I guess that's what I was wondering about earlier. Like, what's the nature of the change that occurs? Because, like, it's a common thing where you have, like, people who struggle with depression, they become a Christian, and there is, like, like you called it this honeymoon phase. Yeah. But then they come out of that, and they realize, like, they still wrestle through some of these emotions. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's what I'm wondering is, like, what is the, what's the difference, like, before and after? And what does that look like? Yeah, it's really, it's kind of tough to, to describe. Um I think it's kind of like any amount of suffering as a Christian. Like, even when you're going through the worst of the worst, anybody, any Christian can relate to this. There's still this sense, like, deep sense of joy rooted somewhere in your system that just in Christ, mm. <laughs> just knowing that God is sovereign and he is over all of it. And so there's almost like a peace that, that comes with, even in the worst turmoil, turmoil there's mm-hmm. still like this peace. Yeah. And that's, it's the same with depression. Like, so did that, uh, did that basically, did that help lessen the intensity of your depression would you say it lessened the intensity lessened the duration of it yeah i would like you came out of it faster because of your faith to be honest i i wouldn't say in fact it shouldn't be this way but i feel like the intensity is almost worse as worse as a christian because i have a concept of guilt okay like i almost feel and and because i'm so dependent on god when I feel like I can't go to him, like I said, even though it's it's all emotional, I know it's uh-huh. not logical, it, it completely shuts me down. It's way worse because it's like he's my everything. So not having my life source <laughs> and like feeling like he's mad at me, even though he's not, is it's just a ter- terrible feeling. Okay. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's it almost sounds like in one sense both uh, ends of the spectrum get ratcheted up. So on the one hand, what's ratcheted up is the sense of, um, like you were saying, the intensity of, of some of the guilt, because now you have a, a category for, for meaning. You have a category for, for these things that you ha- maybe hadn't. It, it shifted from what it was before. It had been grown deeper. Mm. But on the other hand, you also have, you know, you had mentioned earlier, is it, you're, you know, kind of like what I, I think is a different context from borrowing some of the language. You're, you're not mourning as one without hope. Yeah. Right. So in, on, what gets ratcheted up on the one hand is is some of the guilt, but what can also be ratcheted up is some of the the sense the like you said the like there's this depth to it. There's this mm. sense of peace and overarching peace about a situation where there is a rest in God's sovereignty, mm. and it like it sounds like a tension between those two. But for f- people who have experienced this, at least like kind of what you're what you're sharing, it sounds like there there's not necessarily there might be. It might sound like there's a tension, but emotionally, the way that these things work out is quite 
they 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 sink in a funky kind of way. Yeah, absolutely. They, uh, yeah. I mean, I've I've heard people share something similar too. Yeah. So I also want to help understand, as a Christian, when you face that depression, how and how how do you work through it? Like, what tools do you have, and what tools does your faith give you? Because yeah. I mean, you said before that before you were a Christian, your primary tool was to get high. Yeah, sure. To mask it. Mm. But now, when you face depression. How do you get out of it? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, does the faith do that? Does What tools do you have to get out of that? Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I think faith, that's a huge difference between going through depression as a Christian as opposed to before. Where part of that hope is I do have tools. Like I, I do, there are people I can text to say, hey, just to let you know, this is going on. Can you please pray for me? <laughs> yeah. Um, and really, like, because it's hard to do anything, I think just pray, like getting the prayers out, like God help me, like God. Even if I do that, like you know, ten times a day, just those short prayers. I think that is the difference. Like I think, I think that that's the best thing you can do. Like prayer works, and God hears every single cry yeah. that you make. Um, and then also, obviously, I'll try it. You know, I'll try to read scripture and and reading like the Book of Job. Yeah. And, you know, just just finding that's huge. Yeah, reading just things you can associate with. Yeah. Are there um, particular Elijah. verses that you've memorized that help? Um, usually I'll just go back to read. Yeah. Like I said, Job is a huge one. Uh-huh. Um, it's a depressing book. It is. In exactly. some ways. You want it, right. Exactly. Ecclesiastes. I, yeah, seriously. <laughs> like finding people that like you can relate to like Elijah when he's on the mountain. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. Man. So even, or, uh, Paul at the end of the, I guess like it's seven, second Corinthians where he talks about, you know, your powers made perfect in weakness. Oh, or his uh, thorn. Yeah. Thorn in his flesh. Situations. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Wow, man. So now, Here's the question I think a lot of our listeners are probably going to want to know. Um, the role of medication. Mm. Uh, I mean, you and I have talked about this before. Sure. Um, so kind of uh, walk us through, A, did you, did you try medication, mm. uh, antidepressants, as a, as a Christian? Did you find them to be helpful or more, more hurtful, mm-hmm. more of a, of a crutch than anything else? Uh, and 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 how do you approach it today? Like, do you mm-hmm. still use it today? So yeah, sure. <clears throat> um, so it took me a long time. That a lot of people told me to take medication, mm-hmm. but like it took me. I was still really immature in my faith, and so I thought, like, oh, medication is for wimp, like wimps. You know, I just I have God. I'll just depend on God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even though there are plenty other, of you know, sick, if somebody has cancer, for example, you're like get treatment. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. We want you to be better. Like. It's like saying I'm not going to take medication is like the equivalent of like if I broke my leg and was like, I'm not going to go to the doctor because it makes me closer to God. You know what I mean? Yeah. Being in the suffering. Like it just, it's stupid. Um, (laughs) It is. So, uh, so I, I started taking medication. Um, I don't remember when it was a few years ago and, uh, it helped tremendously. Like it's crazy. Like all, like you're wanting to, you're waking up, you're wanting to kill yourself every day. And then you start taking this little pill. And it goes away. Like it's, <laughs> I really believe it's a chemical thing. And then um, I was on that medication for a while, and and I started to think like, oh, maybe I'm healed, because uh, uh-huh. I'm not feeling it. You know, I'm not feeling depressed anymore, so I don't need this. So I would go off of it, and then the depression would come back with a vengeance. And then uh-huh. so I'm like, I need to go back on. So I've I've been through many cycles of that, and I'm finally at the point where I'm like, I'm okay with being on medication until the day I die, if it's necessary. Uh, you know, there are certainly side effects to the medication that I don't like, like weight gain and um, it's kind of messes with your sleep sometimes, but like the, the positives far outweigh the negatives. <laughs> huh? 
Yeah. So yeah. so even now you say you're you're taking. Oh yeah, I'm on medication now. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. But I don't think, kind of the flip side of that, like I, medication is very helpful. Uh, but I also highly recommend if somebody's taking medication to also go see, a, a, ideally a Christian counselor, uh, like a psychologist, <laughs> um, because medication really is just treating the symptoms. I think there is there are thoughts, like I said earlier, associated that are causing this. And mm. so you want to you want to go talk to somebody who knows what they're ta- who can help you kind of go through those thoughts and teach you tools like cognitive behavioral therapy to to deal with you know some of the things going on in your mind. Yeah. 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 That's interesting, man. That's interesting. That's a, well, I was just going to say, like, it sounds like, you know, the, the medication is is tremendously helpful and beneficial for you. And and I guess one of the things I'm wondering is how does that, because as you said, like, it it's treating the symptoms. And there's still something that's kind of like underneath that that could be uh, the, the more at the root of it. Mm-hmm. Um, how has the local church uh, played a role in walking through some of this with you? I mean— to, to the extent that it has, mm-hmm. um, what has that looked like in terms of like kind of balancing a sense of, you know, medicating for the symptoms, but at the same time also kind of having that be uh, running parallel with like, let's say, fostering a sense of community yeah. uh, with the people of God? Yeah, sure. I think in all fairness, I think the church has played, a, has been good in that aspect. I don't think I've been good in that so I think, because mm-hmm. when you're depressed, you don't want to be around anybody. You know what I mean? Oh. So so people would text me and say, hey, Joe, I haven't seen you in a while. You're doing okay. And I might not text them back. Mm-hmm. Or something. just, uh, but to be honest, the reason, I mean, the reason I started medication was a, a Christian here at Hilltown. I don't want to use his name, but he knows who he is. Understood. Yeah, he said, he was the one who, he kind of pulled me aside and, and told me, basically said what I just said to you. He's like, dude, you just take medication. <laughs> like, he's like, same, same exact words, like you all of a sudden, this, these ideas of wanting to kill your, to kill yourself, you take this little pill, and they go away. And it, and it worked. And I know mm. that's not the case for everybody. But, um, <laughs> mm. but yeah, so I think, and I think the local church would have paid, played a bigger role. Like, if I, if it was so bad where I couldn't work, I trust, I know Hilltown would have took care, taken care of this. Yeah. And, and ultimately, I just want to say again, like, I believe the most important thing is prayer. And so just similar to how I can only get out little prayers to God, like, God, help me. Sometimes I can just get out little texts to people, like, hey, I'm, I'm going through depression, please help me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think that makes a huge difference. Yeah. yeah. Does, the, does the pill, does the medication perfectly remove the depression, or does, there, are the, does it still rear its ugly head? It definitely rears its, its ugly head, occasionally. Even, even under the medi- medication? Yeah, but it's not, like, it's not constant, where I feel like when, with me, I know it's different for everybody, but when I'm not on it, it's like constant depression. Like it's, there's not like, there aren't any good days, so to speak. Oh, wow. Where now I'd say the vast majority are good days and like very occasional bad days. Oh. And it's, I don't think it's as, as the power, the feeling isn't as powerful either. So I'm able to kind of detect it and kind of stay on top of it, so to speak. Wow. Yeah. How has your family kind of played a role in walking through this with you? And I mean, both, you know, maybe you're, your parents, you know, maybe extended family, but then also mm-hmm. your 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 wife, your kids. I mean, it sounded like what you mentioned earlier, like part of what kept you, let, let's say, in, in at work and mm-hmm. getting up and going to work each day was this notion of like, I need to provide for my family. And like, yeah. praise God, the extent that he's used his family in, in getting you up and, and mm-hmm. motivated and to work, praise God for that. That's huge. Yeah, so absolutely. like, t- talk to me a little bit about like, what has what role has your family played in walking through this depression with you? Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess I'll start with my kids, just they are probably like, 
I mean, you know, you guys have kids, you know how it is. Like they bring this joy that, that almost sometimes breaks through the darkness. (laughs) Mm. Like it's the only thing that can make me smile. Yeah. When I'm depressed, (laughs) but then on the flip side, like, you know, it kind of sucks because, (laughs) (laughs) because your kids, you don't want your kids to see you like this. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so they'll, a lot of times, like I would be hanging out downstairs and I would just tell Holly, my wife, like, I need to go upstairs and the kids are like, Oh, what's wrong with daddy? And I would just say, Oh, my head hurts. (laughs) So they, I think, Right now, they probably just think I have like a chronic headache problem. As I get, <laughs> as I get older, I'm sure you know we'll talk about talk about that. Um, and, but then, and Holly, uh, she's man. I don't know what I would do without her. Like she is, yeah. she is the greatest blessing in my life. I mean, she, she when I when I'm depressed, she just she like waits on me, hand and foot. She takes care of me. <laughs> she listens. Um, and it didn't start out that way. Like she. You know, at first she wanted to fix me and was like, why are you like, you know, get up, get up. But <laughs> oh. she's learned over time, as have I, um, just how everything works. And she's just, she prays for me mm-hmm. and and just cries with me. And, and it's just, yeah, it's very special. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow, man. What are some things now <clears throat> that, <clears throat> excuse me, what are some things now that you would say uh, trigger the depression to reoccur? Mm-hmm. That like you, you have... I don't know, let's call it an episode. Would that, would that be a fair term? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So like you have an episode or, you know, you're, you have uh, your anxiety, head hurts, anxiety, yeah. something, mm-hmm. you need to step away for a few minutes. Mm-hmm. What are some things that kind of trigger that? Or what are some, what are the kinds of things around which your, your thoughts go to? Mm-hmm. Um, and then how do, you, how do you handle those kinds of situations? Yeah, um, I think, like I said earlier, like if I have a panic attack about something, you know, whatever it is, that certainly kind of triggers it. But then also, sin. If I like, if I commit huh. some sort of sin, where in my heart I'm like, that was terrible. I can't believe I just did that. That sense of guilt will start to, it'll kind of make me hide from God. You know what I mean? Mm. And then, which which will lead me even, I'll keep hiding from God, and then the guilt grows, and then eventually it kind of snowballs <laughs> into this depression. <laughs> uh, wow. So a way to kind of combat that, yeah, is all really just being self aware, which I learned through therapy. Yeah. Just like realizing, okay, I'm feeling guilty right now, and then, you know, praying and kind of sometimes just reciting a Bible verse, just to just like Jesus did in the wilderness, just against the enemy, just speaking truth. Yeah. To things that aren't true. Yeah. You're knowing that you have been forgiven. Yeah. Exactly. And that yeah, that you're not really ultimately separated. Exactly. <laughs> uh, you know, from the Lord. Yeah. Man, um, the panic attacks, the anxiety. Mm-hmm. Uh, will Will they sometimes come from any? Any task, or are there particular things that that mm-hmm. cause pa- panic? Yeah, uh, for me, uh, I think just certain. Like, I mean, if I get really, really overwhelmed, like at work, or like you know, I for me, I really struggle with people pleasing. So, like, if I screw something up at work, <laughs> I'll feel like, oh no, I need to go tell my boss this, and like it'll it'll kind of cause me to freak out a little bit. <laughs> oh. um, basically, stuff like that. Yeah, and then. Uh, Occasionally, like when I have a lot going on at work and a lot going on with school and a lot going on with family, mm. it's just, and I don't have time to just kind of sit and relax and like sort my thoughts. That will eventually kind of lead to just not being in a good place mentally, which will lead to like really high anxiety and then usually depression afterwards. I was say, because that's a heavy load, like just in terms of the amount of things that you have going on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah young too. kids. Young, exactly. Mm-hmm. Young kids at home, school, mm-hmm. work, family. That's, that's quite a bit. Yeah. Do you yeah. see any of those? Uh, certainly not family, but like I don't know, in terms of maybe once school is is finished, or you know, have you thought about like scaling back hours at work while you're at school? Like, 
practically? How has mm. I mean, have any of those um, have any of those thoughts come up just in terms of to help you better manage yeah. all of that? That's I, a heavy load. It is. It is. Um, I've contemplated work isn't really an option, but I've contemplated cutting back on school a little bit. Uh, but I'm so close. I'm like, I just want to. I've already been through so much. Yeah, I might as well just. I'd rather just push through and finish. Well, yeah. when you get done, I imagine you'll have that a good feeling. Yeah, a feeling of joy. Yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> Amen. When you but, finish. Yeah. Oh man. What? But what? One thing, like back to the triggers, is because like I have such a legalistic heart. Like, even though I'm going to seminary and working full time, and I have a family. Yeah, explain that a little bit for our listeners. Legalistic heart. When I say legalistic heart, I mean like I feel I'll feel a sense of guilt that I'm not serving enough like in the local church <laughs> even though i literally have no time to serve <laughs> you know what i mean so and that guilt will, will cause me to like be depressed and i kind of i've gotten much much better but like mm. yeah it's interesting huh. instead of seeing like my life as a ministry and my workplace where i spend the majority of my time as like my ministry I would or feel, even your family or as my, you're discipling yeah. your children exactly i would feel this i would feel like oh god like you must not love me because i'm not doing ministry or whatever that even means you know yeah. oh wow like, it's so stupid but yeah <laughs> it's real. But those are the thoughts yeah that's that's real i yeah. yeah. totally hear that and yeah. those are the thoughts that just creep in there and then the, i guess you have to then respond to them yeah with prayer with scripture exactly everything so uh, for someone who might be listening who is perhaps struggling with depression. Mm. I mean, you have said like, you know, take the medication, take the pill, mm. but it's, it's more than that. Absolutely. You know, yeah. because is it, it's ultimately spiritual, you would say, and that needs to be the, the root, the foundation must be with Christ. I would agree with that. Yeah. And did you, but you didn't start with like, oh, I'm feeling depressed. You know, I'm going to reach for, you know, the, a pill or something like that. Like, mm -hmm. how would you, how would you counsel a young person who's struggling with depression, who is a Christian mm -hmm. to walk through some of those steps to kind of like, what does that path of escalation look like? Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. How, how would you counsel someone? I would say, yeah, first step is depending on how you, you know, talk to your parents if you're that young or you need to, I really just encourage people to, to talk to somebody like a psychologist, not just like, I'm not talking about like a pet. I mean, it's okay. It's good to tell your pastor. But I'm talking about somebody who's trained, like, in the field of psychology, who understands the, the deep parts of the human brain, who can kind of, who can teach them tools. And that, that professional will, will probably be able to advise them on if they should take medication or not. Um, but I think that's the first step. And it's, and it's important to me that, that that therapist or whatever is a Christian, because I've seen both types. And, oh, okay. And Christians are definitely, if you're a Christian, you just, it's better, you don't feel crazy. You know how, how is the, how would you say the world or the the non Christians have mm -hmm. um, messed this issue up or wrongly dealt with it, this issue? I think uh, it's tough to say. I think both sides have messed it up. If I'm being honest, okay, I can get right. into that. So I think on the non Christian side, um, they're not Christians. So you go there and you're talking about prayer, prayer, and you're talking about you know just different aspects of of walking with God mm -hmm. and they don't understand it. And some, I've had some that interjected and said, oh, well, we're all praying to the same guy. It's important to have something spiritual, which obviously as a Christian, I'm like, I don't want to hear that. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> You're not making me feel good right now. <laughs> You're making like, me depressed. Just keep your mouth shut. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're talking to a, you know, talking to a Christian counselor. Obviously you're not going to experience that. And they might even have some wisdom that they've walked through mm. to be able to tell you that. But then on the flip side, just the Christian world, like in general, and I was a part of this, like they just look, they look at mental illness as something separate than other illnesses. <laughs> like it's almost, they almost look at it like as a, as uh, like an aspect of like, you don't, your will isn't strong enough. 
like because okay. that's how I saw it. They don't look at it as chemical or physiological. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. It's just it's purely spiritual, and there's there's some spiritual ailment that needs to be addressed. Yeah, to the exclusion of any kind of physical, physical. chemical imbalance. Yeah, exactly. And so, like, I feel like medication is often looked down upon. Therapy is looked down upon, mm-hmm. uh, which it shouldn't be. Um, I'm thankful it's not really it's not like that here at Hilltown, but I've definitely been to places where it's like that. Hmm. Yeah, and I've talked to Christians where I would, I would go to them almost like asking for help, like, "Hey, can you just talk to me? I'm really struggling." And the response is like, "Oh yeah, last week I was a little sad," and like, and I'm like, "It's not the same thing, you know." Just like, <laughs> "Oh, they're trying to, they're yeah, trying to kind of say, try- <laughs> yeah, they're trying to think like I, I go through stuff too, like just toughen up." Which is like the worst thing you could ever tell somebody. I think that's actually probably not a good thing for any situation. Like if someone is uh, someone has lost a family member, mm. like you wouldn't go up to that person and say, "Well, you know, my dog died." Right. Exactly. When, when I was a kid. Yeah. So I understand exactly what you're going through. Right. It's like well, that's, that's, good that's not tr- that's not true. Yeah. It's like I don't know. Like me personally, I have never experienced depression. Mm. I have no. Knowledge of that. I mean, I understand the concept of it. Sure. A perpetual hopelessness and sadness, mm-hmm. I, and worthlessness. I can get. I get that. Yeah. But I don't know what that feels like. Right. To not ha- to not want to get up out of bed, mm-hmm. or to have thoughts of I really feel like killing myself mm-hmm. today. Maybe I should. Yeah. You know. So, um, it'd be wrong for me to say, oh, you know, Joe, I had a bad day last week, so. I know what you're going through. Buck up. You know, right, you'll right. be fine. Yeah. You know, yeah, that is not the same. Have a Coke and a yeah. smile, right? <laughs> yeah, you know? exactly. So, I mean, it's just like, and so it's, I feel, you know, it, it saddens me when, when, when us Christians mm-hmm. try to do that because we don't know what else to say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's, actually that leads me to my next question. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you, at first we talked about, okay, you're, you know, whoever's listening struggles with depression, you know, talk to your parents if you're younger, uh, living in the household still. But let's say... What would your words of advice be for someone who is um, who's uh, listening to someone with depression or mm. has a family member or yeah. close friend that struggles with depression? They themselves do not. Mm-hmm. How would you recommend they proceed? It's a good question. Uh, I think the first thing is not to do is not try to not try to fix them because <laughs> like you want them to. We all, I think. And I think this when I'm going through depression, like almost like I can just snap out of this and you try, it just doesn't work. Uh-huh. And so if you can't do it yourself, somebody else is going to be able to snap you out of it. I think the best thing that people can do is, is listen, <laughs> like just let the person talk and listen and not interject and be like, Oh, let me, well, let me tell you about this experience or yeah, just listen, like let them, let them spill their heart out and tell them, tell you what's going on and just try and that grows you closer together and <laughs> it just feels good. Yeah. And then praying for them. Like that's, <laughs> yeah. That's the best thing you can do. Yeah. I, I think that's so good. One of the things mm. that I, one of the things I've heard uh, others share who have who have gone through uh, struggles with their own forms of depression, is that you know one of the worst things that others have tried to do, it, it, in a spirit of trying to help, mm-hmm. has been to do at least one of two things. Either one, make lightness of their heaviness, like th- they're feeling something heavy, and and to try and make them feel like it's not heavy, mm-hmm. right? Like to be like, oh, that's no big deal. I, you know, I, I went through something similar or whatever. <laughs> it's not as bad as you think. Not as bad as you think, mm-hmm. and you'll be fine. Like right. you're, this person is feeling such a weight on their soul, and it's just like if you somehow compromise, try to compromise the, the realness of, of that weight, that can be counterproductive. The other thing, too, is, you know, it, trying to jump right in, kind of say, I know what you're going through. Mm. 
I mean, maybe, but but part of the reason why that's not helpful is because it again it compromises the uniqueness of the struggle that the person is feeling, right? They're feeling like this is this is something that I'm wrestling with, and you might have gone through something similar. But even if you did, you're not you're not necessarily processing it the same way. Right. You're not walking through it the same way. Mm. Um, so I mean, I, I would just say, if if you're out there and and, and you're a Christian. Um, it sounds like you, you would you say like those are just maybe things that are not the most helpful probably the most helpful thing to do would just be listen yeah absolutely I mean we love we love to hear ourselves talk like it just is what it is <laughs> a lot of times we're having conversations and all we're thinking about is the next thing we're going to say and not even listening to the other person and I think that carries on even when you're trying to, to give people counsel you're just thinking How, what can I say next to to make them feel better you know what to I mean to fix this yeah exactly like I can solve this problem just with the magic words and it's hard the right words and it's hard yeah I would argue that it's harder to listen like it's, <laughs> you want to talk like it's just yeah but it's important like that's the best thing you can do is just listen so in the end you would say that it's a whole person approach here it is the spiritual gospel trusting in christ it is some of the mental techniques uh, be uh, uh, recognizing when you're feeling that yeah. that guilt or that depression and then and then the physical not to neglect that we are a spiritual and physical person right the human body the human person so you would say that's the, the the overall approach that one should take with this yeah yeah absolutely i'm a huge believer in like just the holistic approach like we are mind body soul mm-hmm. <laughs> it all goes together you can't separate it and yeah. uh you need to treat each part <laughs> okay yeah absolutely okay. not neglect one yeah or the other there exactly okay one 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 more thing i, I know that we had talked about um you know what you might recommend or, or counsel someone who's going through depression. One of the things that you said, kind of where to start, is just make sure you talk with someone, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what should if there's someone out there who's listening to this, who's who's wrestling through depression, they're a Christian, they want to they want to try and think through this through a biblical worldview. Um, what are some characteristic like with whom should they be sharing these things, right? Mm-hmm. Are, is this the kind of thing where like you know, I, I, I can imagine on the one hand, maybe just tell anyone, like, I just got to get it off my chest. Talk to your, talk to it. It could be anyone. Or post it on Facebook. Post it on Facebook. Exactly. Mm. Or put it on social media. Um, or, you know, maybe like you mentioned, if you're young, maybe talking to your parents would be wise. Like, um, or if you're, if you're a teenager and you're struggling with like love lost or something and you want to go talk to, you know, who that person is and you really want that. So mm-hmm. h- how should someone think through like, who should they be going and sharing these things with and talking to? I think, I think they'll know. Like when when you're depressed, or really when you have anything deep going down, like in your soul, something like a struggle. At least myself, I don't, I don't want to talk to people I'm not close with. Like I don't even, even certain, you know, certain family members. They'll say, "Are you okay?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine." But deep down, I'm thinking, "I want to kill myself." You know what I mean? So, so the people I really share it deep with are, yeah, some of my Christian friends and and. Uh, really my wife but I don't think there's a I don't think there's necessarily a right or wrong answer I think you can talk to whoever you feel comfortable with hmm. um, obviously try and find somebody who you think is compassionate <laughs> but, <laughs> and who's Christian yeah and a Christian ideally yeah points in the right direction absolutely yeah exactly <laughs> oh, yeah compassionate that's good yeah that's not just to make fun of you yeah exactly <laughs> oh my goodness well yeah well but then and that's important too that they that they yeah. are a Christian because I mean, I, I mean, I would say, I, I think it seems to me anyway, because, you know, otherwise you could be um, having someone giving you counsel that may, you know, uh, scratch 
an itching heart and what what we want necessarily yeah. to come out of that that might not be wise and yeah. might not be for our benefit because i can imagine uh, a non-christian psychologist or counselor if you mention this guilt to them they'd be like well you don't need to be guilty right you know, there's there's no god you know or, or whatever they might say you know just do whatever whatever you think feels good sure you know and that would obviously be bad yeah. advice because there is such a thing as genuine guilt absolutely Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, it's a good point. And I, one of the, one of the reasons I liked seeing a non-Christian psychologist was because like, I felt like I got to evangelize. They have to sit there and listen to you. You say whatever you want. I don't know how many times I share the gospel. You, you go to the non-Christian counselor. I feel guilty. Yeah. You'll be like, you're not guilty. And I'm like, well, actually, <laughs> I should be, but I'm not, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> you're funny, Joe. <laughs> I like that technique. Yeah. 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 Well, cool. Well, I, I think as we come to a close here, uh, I would just say, Joe, thank you again so much for coming on and sharing sure. a little bit about uh, your story and your background with this. Uh, if you're out there and you have uh, follow-up questions about depression generally, please feel free to reach out. You can contact us at uh, the number two, two guys in a Bible dot podcast at gmail.com. Our Twitter handle is at two guys in a Bible, facebook.com forward slash two guys in a Bible or uh, two guys and a Bible dot org, and we would love to uh, hear your questions or uh, you know comments, feedback. Uh, we love we love uh, taking feedback and, and or any follow up from what Joe has shared today. Yeah, any kind sure. of follow up questions, uh, we'd be you know at some point maybe we will have you back and, and ta- tackle some of those questions as they come. So sure. yeah. thank you so much for coming and sharing. Yeah, thank you, Joe. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having cool. me. Cool. And with that, thank you all for listening, and God bless. And God bless.